Want to talk about the uh, the new album, of course, and the old album, and I caught the live stream last night, and dude, tell me, are you in front of that badass microphone you had in that same spot in your house last night? I actually am in the exact same place, yes. Dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was trying to make out the, the uh, pictures, like the wall art, essentially, behind you, but I couldn't make it out because you, you were so small, and I was watching on my phone, and I have the big screen, but is that like comic book or records or what is that behind you that you have all like wallpapered what that is is it's a collection of hardcore punk rock flyers oh. you know it's yeah it's got like agnostic front and bad brains bad religion black flag you know that dead kennedy's that era of american punk rock it's just like um a big kind of background of a bunch of those flyers show flyers I love it. Are any of your flyers included in there? <laughs> no, no, that's before my era. It's before my time. I only just a bunch of kind of my idols and stuff. Okay, I wasn't sure if you wanted to include yourself in the process too. Throw a couple old ones back in the day. <laughs> no, no. Okay, cool. Well, dude, in uh, that microphone—that's a badass microphone. Is that what you use on stage, or just just for the computer hookup? No, that's just you know one that I thought went good with the kind of you know old school punk rock backdrop for the uh, the the stream that I'm doing. It's one of those old school shores, you know, that you see back in the in the '60s and stuff. And I've oh, yeah. always loved the way those look i actually want to get a tattoo of that you know but yeah that's what i use that for love it man somebody that appreciates microphones even though we do kind of completely different things with them but certainly an <laughs> right, audio right. file a little bit you know it's funny man I, I gotta tell you uh thank you as we get into this conversation and look back on 20 years of broke and uh a funny story i was i was obviously listening to the album anticipating of talking to you and having the worst day and i put on the album and it's amazing how even 20 years later, ain't nothing working, ain't nothing right. That still all came true and still helped me out 20 years later, even though it's a different set of circumstance and problems and everything. It, it, it still it still gave me that um, musical, emotional rescue. So I have to say thank you to start off the conversation, man. <laughs> well, you're welcome, I guess, um, you know, but I'm glad that hopefully your day took a better tone when you heard it. But yeah, you know, 20 years ago, writing that song is just my life is almost unrecognizable 20 years later. But, you know, um, I'm glad that there's still a common theme there that people can tap into. <laughs> you know, it's, you know. It's, it's funny. I was going to ask you about that because obviously it's it is 20 years on. You're no longer living in Orange County, Long Beach era. You're in the Midwest now, married, kids. When you perform these songs, is it going back to a certain certain place in your brain or do you kind of kind of treat it like uh, Vincent Fernier playing the role of Alice Cooper? How do you how do you manage that in your head? Well, I got to tell you, each song's different, right? When you play it, that particular song, Bartender, though, does always have a nostalgic feeling to me. And of course, depending upon what the vibe is in the club, it could take on a different theme for me on that night. You know, if it's really jumping, then maybe it'll seem more just like timeless to me, you know, but then, you know, depending upon the crowd, it might get that kind of, you know, going back in time thing to me. Um, it just kind of depends on the night and the vibe and the 
room when I'm playing it. Great to see, you know, some of the old members popping up. You reconnecting with uh, the old guys with DJ Product and having them contribute on the new album. Uh, Chizad throwing down a guitar solo. Talk about reconnecting with those dudes for the new album, Class of 2020. Well, that was pretty amazing. And it all just kind of came together. Of course, you know, I had been already uh, jamming with DJ Product because he does the turntables for the Cottonmouth Kings now. And we've played some shows together and he got up on stage with Head P.E. and did some of the old school stuff. So that was cool. But always great to reconnect with him because he means a lot to me in, in my creative life. But Shazad, dude, I hadn't talked to him in so long. Of course, there was never any bad blood between Chazad and myself. He left the band early on and was um, playing guitar in another band, but there was never any bad blood. It's always just been kind of a rat race for me, for lack of a better word, just hustling with the music always for the last 20 years. But when I finally got on the phone with Chad, I swear it had been 15 years and it seemed like we never skipped a beat. <laughs> like, like we were still roommates in Huntington Beach. I gotta tell you that myself, Chad, and a guy named Alan, uh, rest in peace, yeah. who was the drummer for Lit. We were all roommates in Huntington before any of us were signed, you know, going to see Corn before they were signed and the Deftones before they were signed and, you know, um, who else before Sugar they Ray. were signed? Uh, Sugar Ray, right. And they were called um, the Shrinky Dinks yep. at the time. So, I mean, I swear we saw them all on one show or something in <laughs> 311, but they were signed, but they would, 311 would come through town in the 90s, play at at a club 5902 it was called in Huntington that is now like a beauty salon or something but of course anyway so dude it's just kind of amazing just the just the memories you know from that area so much going on in that area at the time hey you know I wanted to hit on a couple of things that you had touched upon a, a I wanted to hear the story about Alan I, I heard that yesterday on the live stream which you had kind of touched upon but uh, take me back to where did you exactly meet Alan back in the day Oh, man, I got to tell you, those kids that turned out to be lit, okay, um, I had known them since they were like teenagers in a band called Razzle that um, when they were still in high school uh, playing at Gazzari's on the strip, I mean, this is way back in the day. So I just knew those kids from Orange County uh, practicing at the same practice studios, and I went to see their show when they were Razzle, and it was sold out, and it was just amazing. Uh, but, you know, fast forward a few years later, I don't know how I ended up being roommates with Alan, the drummer of Lit, and then uh, also with Chad, who I think he was still in their band and then ended up coming over to my band or whatever, but um, I've known all those guys forever since they were really young, and I'm just glad those guys experienced so much success, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And one other, uh, sadly, uh, old friend I wanted to ask you about that has sadly passed. Uh, you, back in the day, toured with LP and wanted to get any thoughts or memories of the late, great Chester Bennington as well. <laughs> well, you know, interesting enough, right, is I have a platinum plaque from Chester, from Lincoln Park in commemoration of their the first million that they sold, right? Wow. And, uh, I don't like to drop names because, you know, I've, I've had a pretty incredible experience with um, Dimebag and, and all that or whatever. But the reason I bring up the plaque is because I feel like, you know, Chester was so cool in that way because he was just kind of like, 
like, again, like, I knew those kids when they were playing in Arizona. Chester was, like, a, a real enough person to, like, get, get me that plaque, right? He brought me that plaque while we were on tour together with Papa Rose. Wow. And um, that's just, that's the proof right there, you know. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but Chester was always, like, really complimentary to me, and that plaque is proof of it. You know what? This whole this whole business is one band connected to another band connected to another band, and as they say, nothing is new under the sun, right? You know, so uh, you know, I was inspired by the Beastie Boys and Rage Against the Machine, you know, and and all that type of stuff. It's just great to be a part of a bigger collective family. Yeah, no, and that's the thing about music, and that's the thing I loved about talking about music with music fans, because that's what we ultimately all are, is just music lovers. Like, we love this stuff. You know, come on, I grew up in a middle class on, on rock and roll, you know, on hard rock, on Led Zeppelin, on Black Sabbath, on Journey, because I'm an old geezer, right? Like, the first band I tried out for... I sang, like, Journey, When the Lights Go Out in the City, like the Ocean <laughs> Song, Led Zeppelin. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that was my beginnings. And, and then um, it's just, it, it's great to have, see the evolution of music. And I still love what the kids are doing all the time, you know? Speaking of uh, old connecting with old band members, my old favorite, of course, uh, outside of you, of uh, my favorite head PE band members back in the day, and I haven't seen any word about and wanted to see if we could talk about what what's up with Mock. Jeez, Mock went back to um, England, and I think he's working a nine-to-fiver. I kind of lost touch with him, to be honest, dude. Mark, you know, him and I went back way before head PE and just were always in heavy metal bands and whatever kind of bands uh, before that. But I haven't, dude, I got to be honest, I've lost touch with him and haven't talked to him in a while, but he is back in the U.K., um, last I heard doing like an office job. Come on. I always loved his bass lines back in the day and thought it, that it was a, a big part of the head PE sound for sure. Yeah, definitely. You know, the bass lines back then were, you know, a lot based on what Dr. Dre was doing, right? And what was going on in that kind of world. We were kind of trying to like, you know, base stuff on, on that, those kind of like the, the, those uh, movements and the keys and, and the scales that were being used in like gangster rap. That makes total sense. Where did the guitar influence come in for the band? Is that more for that garage sound that you've done on this new album? Is that more the, the Black Sabbath and, and the Led Zeppelin and the ACDCs, more that early 70s sound? Well, so like the guitar players, Chad, and the original guys that were uh, doing um, in the head PE, they were before that like in metal bands, right? Okay. So they were really like good guitar players, right? Like shredders. Um, so what they did, though, when they came into Head P.E. was kind of loosened up their grip on the guitar and made it more thrashy, you know, to, to kind of... Because, you know, that true punk rock is played by people who aren't very good. I think. <laughs> right. That's my impression. You right. know, that's my impression of real punk. is like when you're not that good, but you do it anyway. Right. You know, um, so what my guys did was just kind of loosened up their grip and just thrashed out, like, the, the playing. You know, uh, didn't make it so pristine as like in the hair metal days or whatever, right? So now the new record from 2020 is um, kind of based on kind of, the, you know, the early head PE kind of, again, note selection and kind of the rhythms that how we used to get down, you know. But like between 2000 and 2020, I myself have like 
punk rock and all that, you know, and I'm bad enough on the guitar so that when I pick up the guitar, I'm punk rock, right? Because I don't play that well. <laughs> so, um, you know, the new record is kind of in the middle like that, where it's just like thrashy, but also has some intricate stuff on there, you know, a call back to the 2000 record. You finally, after 20 years, let Chizad let it fly and let him shred on the new album. Kind of more about the, the emotion, how you're striking the guitar rather than the notes being played. Yeah, that really is it, you know, um, although I do appreciate virtuosity, but for me, it's more about songwriting and just emotion behind um, any particular track, you know, um, that, that's what I'm into. It's a good song. <laughs> yeah, verse, chorus, catchy, makes you move. <laughs> right, something that we can all just relate to, maybe whistle along with, you know. Maybe, maybe it's just, I'm more into like hard rock than like, I'm not really a fan of like the death metal thing, right? Uh-huh. But I do like some really heavy, good songwriting like Nirvana or whatever. You know, if it's a good song, I'm down. Well, funny you should mention Nirvana because I wanted a little game, music game I like to play with everyone I talk to. You were part of the new metal wave of, of music, right? The new metal mm, era. Yeah. If we go back yes. before that, you just touched upon them. Nirvana, I like to call that time period of music the Flannel Five, and I've encapsulated into five bands. <laughs> I want to know your favorite of the Flannel Five, which includes, of course, Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Stone Temple Pilots, Alice in Chains, or Soundgarden. Who's your numero uno of the Flannel Five? Oh, the number one would be Nirvana. Tell me why. Um, Just the great songwriting and like just, just amazing thrashy, punky stuff. Like, I love the other bands, too. For sure, after that, my next one would be Alice in Chains. But as you go down the list, it seems like a lot is like still metal, like the metal before it, kind of, but not really. But for me, Nirvana is like punk and good songwriting. Yeah. Just like three guys, the one dude, Kurt, just plugged into a Fender Twin Reverb, playing it in an arena... Plug, that's just the best to me, you know, <laughs> those, that, that trio putting out that, that music. It's just amazing how raw and dirty it would be, but yet they would have these, these melodic choruses that you would have to sing along to. Yes, the songwriting's epic. Pick a song to play on the radio from Nirvana. Teen Spirit. I mean, I know it's play. <laughs> I don't care. No matter how many times that song is on, it's just the best. <laughs> it's just the best. It's just the best. I know it's, I sound like a poser to, to name that song. But it's so great, dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Hey, you know, I was, when I was watching the live stream yesterday, it, it totally jotted my memory. I forget which of the videos you were playing, and it was showing all the highlights from back in the day. And it was you guys outside of a van, and it had Tool written across it. And I went, oh, that's right. They were label mates on Jive together. Curious if you had any interaction with those dudes back in the day. You know, my wife, who I've been with since broke, the greatest thing about being on the label with Tool was getting to go see them play for free and like stand backstage or wherever and watch it. Yeah. So I was glad that we got to experience that. There was one time where a couple times in Europe where we actually were on the same festival with them, maybe in Germany and shared backstage with them. But we were so in awe of them. Like we, we were there were to us unapproachable. <laughs> <laughs> so my guitar player would just like call out and see if they would react. But that was pretty much the only interaction. Last couple of things for you. 
Since we're an IE radio station, you're a SoCal, you're an OC guy, you know the IE. I'm sure you went through there and played there many times. Any particular show, any venue, any tour, anything stand out to you when you think IE concerts and head PE? Well, for sure, we played like Ozfest somewhere in the Inland Empire, dude. Glenn that Helen. was huge for me, right? Um, so many huge shows out there, and, and so many friends that I know from childhood from Riverside. It's almost hard to choose one, dude. Um, there was one show we played with Cottonmouth Kings out there that was so huge, but there's just too many. And then there was a club called the Empire, maybe Gotham. Gotham. Yeah, yeah, that is it. That is it, right? Where we used to play there all the time, even before we got signed, and it would be just sold out. And so, dude. Oh, what about the farm? Yeah, that's the one you probably played at, at the barn in UC at the... Uh... The barn, the barn. We used to sell that place out. That was amazing back then, dude. Because Chad's from in the IE, dude. Yeah, Alien Ant Farm and all those bands back Ant in the day. Bernardino, yeah. For sure. I, Jared, appreciate all the time. Last question for you. Kind of get outside music for one second here. Kind of a fill-in-the-blank question for you. And, and it goes like this. When it comes to blank... I spare no expense. What's the one thing you got to have the best of and immediately right when it, you got to have it? What is it? Oh, dude, my, my answer is cringe, but when it comes to my girl, <laughs> <laughs> I spare no expense when she it comes the, to my girl. That's for sure. Is she in the room? You can just wink if she's in the room right next to you. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing that you do for you, no shoes, no albums, no nothing. No, no, no. You just work hard so that you can afford the life and luxury that your wife and kids want to live in. There you go. It's really a family thing at this point. I love it, man. Dude, I appreciate it all the time. Thank you, bro. And I just want to put it out there that the pre-orders, when they first came out, we were number two on the Apple, only behind Metallica. And there's no way I was going to get off the line without saying that. Class of 2020 comes out August 21st, 20th anniversary, head PE. Beautiful, man. Thank you so much for the time. Can't wait for the new album. Bro, have a, have a great day, my friend. You too. Later. Dude, you rock. Thanks for checking out the entire podcast. Now do me a favor and subscribe to it. Radioactive Mike Z, available on all the major platforms. And while you're at it, follow me on Instagram at MikeZ967, and I'll follow you back, bro. Most importantly, don't miss the show, Wired in the Empire, every Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on 96.7 KCAL Rocks.